This episode is brought to you by Levitt Pavilion. This summer, check out one of my favorite outdoor concert venues in Denver, Levitt Pavilion. May through October, Levitt is offering ticketed and totally free all-ages concerts. I feel like we just go to anything that's free because it's like the kids can be at the show and it's people aren't weird about it and you can like bring a picnic. It's awesome. Some of the free shows this season include Iskali, Melvin Seals, War and Treaty, Sunny War, Charlie Tuna, and more. To RSVP for free shows and buy tickets, plus see the full concert schedule, go to levittdenver.org. That's levittdenver.org. Today on CityCast Denver, Election Day is three weeks away and your ballot is in your mailbox right now if it's not already on your kitchen counter. So how will you decide between the 16 remaining mayoral candidates? Tattered Cover CEO Kwame Spearman dropped out on Thursday, but 16 is still a lot to choose from. For a lot of people, it's going to come down to who looks best on TV. We've got a healthy crop of TV ads on the air already, so we got a great guest to watch them all with us and dig into all the other stories that mattered this week, like bugs and bugs of the sea. Today is Friday, March 17th. I'm Paul Caroli. And here's what Denver's talking about. Welcome back to CityCast Denver, the show about the state where any old town can hold a festival for a frozen dead guy. Oh, yeah, it moved, huh? Yep, that's right. It's in Leadville now? It's in Estes Park. Oh, my bad, my bad. It was in Leadville. It was in Nederland. Just I said Leadville at all. Sorry, Leadville. Well, Bree, that was going to be my question. Do you uh, you care that Frozen Dead Guy Days <laughs> is in Estes now? Clearly, I don't. But no. as you know, I mean, longtime listeners of the show know me and uh, on maternity leave, newsletter editor Peyton Garcia are freaks for Estes Park. It's our favorite mm-hmm. place to go. But I wouldn't say that's going to be a draw for me. No, me neither. I think it's weird that it's not where the Frozen Dead Guy is anymore. Yeah. It's just I, like, what? That's just a Colorado thing that's not in my interest. But hey, it's still going. People are probably excited mm-hmm. about that. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, before we introduce our guest this Friday, I have a piece of business. Didn't tell you about this before, Bree. This no. is a surprise. Um, do you remember earlier this week we were talking about uh, rules for surviving Denver and a listener said, don't use North in front of street names? Yeah. Juliana, I south. think. Because I was like, Yes, mm-hmm. I don't like it when people do that. Mm-hmm. Well, but... a source close to the city's planning department, I haven't confirmed this. We got a DM from somebody. Okay, I was like, um, I have sources in there too, so I will <laughs> double check your source. I hope you do. I sent them an email. They just haven't gotten back to me yet. Um, but this <laughs> person says, Denver's addressing department now requires the north-south or east-west designation on all streets. Why? Because... Uh, folks were calling emergencies into 1234 Federal Boulevard when they meant 1234 South Federal, and it was confusing. So uh, that like... That's fair. I mean, my <laughs> my sister works on a, my sister works on an ambulance. Uh-huh. I bet she appreciates it that she Probably. can go to the correct address. It seems better. It seems better. It's not um, ambiguous. I'll ask her. I'll be like, Zoe, do you care about this <laughs> north-south thing? And she'll be like, no. <laughs> Well, you're old and weird. I don't care. Let us know. Let us know what she does say. I will. Uh, okay. So we have a great guest today. Uh, she's a reporter and one of the voices behind the great Axios Denver newsletter. 
Elena Alvarez is here. Welcome, Elena. Hi, it's great to be here. Uh, Elena, have you ever been to Frozen Dead Guy Days? I haven't. No, I've been to Netherland, and um, which, by the way, I is it Netherland, Nederland? I feel like that's a that's I think a debate. It's Netherland. Okay, mm-hmm. we'll go with that. Um, I've seen where he, you know, lives. Um, you have. Well, I've seen the outside of the shed, okay. but I've never been to the uh, to the actual Days Fest. I think the costumes, though, are like a draw enough in itself. I love. I love all of the crazy, like zombie-esque I don't costumes that people wear. What is this? Do you know the costumes? Yeah, people dress like ice queens yeah, and like, like, dead. like dead ice people. I don't know. It's it's pretty fun. Huh. Well, very I, visual. I've also never been. That's been going on a long go. time, right? Oh god, twenty years maybe. So. Yeah, yeah okay. I know the man died in 1989. Um, it's crazy that it's not some like historic thing. It's like pretty oh, recent. Oh, really? I thought it was like happened. 1800s weird stuff. It's I assume not. that too. I'm just, yeah. No, I read a, a CPR story. They did a big backstory of this festival and I learned a bunch. I mean, this guy was like from Norway. He's not, mm-hmm. it's just interesting. Like, how did he get here? I don't know. The whole story is very, very bizarre. It is. It is. <laughs> um, but we've got such a great topic. We got such a great topic today. I've been excited not, about this. Not frozen dead guy. All week. Yes. No, we're not talking about frozen dead guy days, uh, though that is this weekend um, in Estes Park. Um, we're going to talk about the mayor's race, but we got a different kind of way to look at it. Uh, ballots are mailed out this week, so it's really getting serious. But most people probably aren't paying that much attention. I mean, these voter voter turnouts not super big in these municipal elections, so most people are going to get their info from TV, our old friend TV. Uh, so that's what well, we're doing today. commercials, I would say, because yeah. YouTube, right, is the other place. That's true. The same commercials have been appearing on YouTube. And I've, I'm trying to think where else I've seen them. Sometimes I get pop-ups. Yeah. Uh, they'll just be in a pop-up. Totally, or an, mm-hmm. maybe an Instagram ad. But I just wanted to make that distinction because I know many of us have cut the cord and do not watch TV, but mm-hmm. I'm a regular YouTuber, so. Elena, before we dig into these ads, do you want to give us just like a top line state of the race? I know you all have been covering the race. Yeah, but. absolutely. Um, so as we all know, it's extremely crowded. We got 17 people running, which means, um, well, it doesn't necessarily mean that no one's standing out, but that's certainly the case. Um, no one is polling above 10%. Really, no one's polling outside the margin of error. So it's, it's really anyone's race. Um, I think there's definitely a colorful array of commercials we have out here, which oh, I'm yeah. excited to get into with you guys. And I think, you know, right now they're using these ads to, to stand out because they have to. Uh, that That's the only way that they're really able to differentiate themselves. And I think yeah. they certainly have uh, by the tone and, you know, just feel of these commercials. They're quite different from each other. They really are. You got to make a statement. You got to say something big. Yeah, I don't think many anybody really has. <laughs> I I disagree, but we'll get I feel we'll a little there. jaded maybe because I've we've done so much research and reading and interviews on folks that I'm not the target audience for the commercial. Mm-hmm. So the commercial's like not hitting me cuz I it's so they have to be surface. They have to be grabby and big to get those folks, to get most folks because it's going to be hard like you're singling it to differentiate between 17 different people. I mean, we yeah. talk about this daily, and sometimes Paul and I are like counting on our fingers, like, okay, wait, who, who did we miss? How? Yeah, what did we talk yeah. to them yet? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear from our listeners if you care about commercials, if they are the thing that helps you decide your vote. I'm very curious. Let's get into it. Uh, so, I organized these in reverse order of overall fundraising. So, the people whose campaigns had the most money, we're going to talk about them last. 
Oh, okay. And not everyone has a commercial. There's only like seven or eight. Right. No, They're really expensive bummed. to produce and run. Really? Yeah, I heard from a few candidates. I mean, they're spending well above six figures to get the message out to voters. That is wild to me because right? none of these are that amazing. Like, I'm not trying to be this guy again, but when I was on the Galen campaign, we had a blast making our commercials, but it was 100% DIY to the point where like, um, our friend Rosie, who also uses Kaylin uses a wheelchair. Rosie uses a wheelchair. <laughs> Rosie was like the the camera dolly, mm-hmm. so we would have her hold the camera while Kaylin was rolling forward, and then we would roll R- Rosie back to like wow. to to shoot it. And we got all our friends involved. And I, I, I so, but I see what you're saying, Elena, because like the TV time is expensive. Yeah. And if you're not going fully DIY, production is expensive. Yeah. So, but I would say you still have time left. There's some of you that I'm really excited for that are running that I'm not seeing a commercial for. Go DIY. Go make one on your phone. Please. I want everyone to have one. I do too. Everyone. That's I want to see That's the heartbreaking them. part about this conversation we're about to have. But let's get to the commercials. Okay. Um, first up, Chris Hansen. Uh, his overall fundraising is $443,011. Or $443,011. Uh, he's a state senator. I don't know. We've been talking about it. We know. Let's get to it. How did it come to this? This is not the Denver I want for our kids. And City Hall's response isn't working. It's time for a new direction. As an engineer, I've solved complex problems in the private and public sectors. As mayor, I'll audit homeless programs and enforce the camping ban across the city. And I'll invest in highly trained, accountable police. I'm Chris Hansen. I have plans to solve these problems, not hide from them. Okay, Chris Hansen and the Band-Aid on the Nest Cam. This ad has been controversial. Probably the biggest talker in the bunch. What do we think? I want you guys to go because I'm just going to say something really rude. (laughs) All right. So, Elena, the the issue that some other candidates brought up was that this was racially insensitive by the fact that there was some footage that featured mostly people of color committing crimes. That's That's, right. Could you want to contextually say more about that? Yeah, that's right. And it continues to come up in this race. Just two days ago, Nine News held a debate and it came up once again. And Chris Hansen continues to stick to his guns. Um, He's defending this ad. I mean, he really talks about the backlash being overwrought. I think that's a a direct uh, quote of his. I think a lot of candidates, you know, there's always a, a huge risk by being the first one to to, to, to get out there and mm-hmm. he was with this ad this was the first ad yeah so mm-hmm. I think um, you know no, a lot he of he did that one where he turns into a, you're right the Terminator yes. Sorry. is that the first one yes. I think it was Iron Man yep, yep, his yep. Iron Sorry. Man ad but he first. He was out there first. Right. And then, okay. So this is his second one, which also says something about his budget. Thank but. you. I appreciate that clarification. Yeah. And so I, I just, um, I other candidates definitely had an opportunity to sit, watch, wait, uh, look what happens, and then jump on that uh, that moment. And they certainly have and continue to. Um, Nine News highlighted that seven people in his video are people of color mm. and they're all committing crimes. And, um, you know, he, he basically- Not good again, is sticking to his guns and saying that that footage is real. It wasn't, you know, uh, he didn't make it up. But of course, you have to think about, you know, selection and what you're holistically saying. Um, And I just think it's interesting that he is he's really defending himself and and sticking his heels into the ground um, still. (laughs) This is what he told me a few weeks ago when I asked him about the ad. He was like, it's the footage. It's not my footage. It's from Nine News. It's like you picked it, man. You put it in the ad. You said, Oh my yes. God, has he never done anything before where you select what you show the world? It, him saying that this, the 
the um, controversy over it is overwrought? Sure, because people that look like him are not in the video. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this, it, it's the quiet part loud thing. We see what you're saying, Chris. The thing that speaks to me the most, and I think a lot of candidates will talk about this, it's like when we talk, especially when we talk about public safety, who's the public? He's protect. He's he's interested in protecting certain people, and it's clear by the video to me. So said plenty to me about who he is, and I don't. That's not somebody I want leading my city. So yeah, I like the nest cam element and the band aid. I just found it to be a confusing concept. Yeah, I did too. I was like, I don't. Is the nest cam the problem? Do you want to blo- stop the people from seeing what's outside? Do you want to fix the problem? Do you not want to use the Band-Aid? Because you're putting the Band-Aid on and then taking it off. I already have so many opinions about people with Nest Cam surveilling their I own know, families. Right? It's like, loaded. That's weird it's to me. Loaded. So I didn't know what he was saying there. Very confusing. Um, shall we move on? Sure. Are you ready, Elena? Let's okay, do it. <laughs> number two. Uh, she's raised $463,000. A longtime city councilwoman, Debbie Ortega. Let's see your ad. My dad was a coal miner. He died on the job. So my mom raised us without him, sent us to Denver Public Schools, same schools my kid and grandkids went to. On city council, I fought for the little guy, stood up to polluters and special interests, and passed Denver's first equal protection ordinance. As Denver's mayor, I'll make streets safe, make living here more affordable, keep fighting for Denver's working families, families like mine. All right. Elena, you want to take that one first? You know, Debbie's been in city office in various roles for 40 years. Um, So she certainly has a uh, lot of, you know, experience working with city government. And I think she's Mm -hmm. she's using that um, to her advantage here. I think she's also really trying to play up, you know, the the family element, fighting for families, making Denver more affordable. I do think, you know, having that 40-year baggage as some might call it mm-hmm. is uh it, it might turn some voters off when she's talking about um making Denver more affordable because a lot of people can look to her and say you know well why why now well you know where have you been over yeah. the last 40 years why, putting us in this situation that we are now yeah if you have all these great ideas where were they on council yeah I don't know it, it certainly wasn't as pro- produced and edited as mm-hmm. a lot of the other um uh, ads that we'll see and have already kind of seen. Um, Some might say bland. Yeah, yeah, definitely like a little bit more of an old school sort of take on what someone's looking for. I'm, she's I, The thing is like I, she's not super progressive, but that's not her thing. So I think she shows that. And I think you're you're right in that she's talking and speaking to certain Denverites, I think. And mm-hmm. it's like folks who have been here for a long time who have struggled, uh, folks who maybe are in law enforcement, just like or also people that liked Hancock. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember, I think, Paul, you always remind me of this, like he got reelected twice. Two times. So there are folks that really like what he's done. And I think, um, you know, we had Debbie on the show to talk about the National Western uh, Complex. Mm-hmm. She was a champion of the arena proposal. Of the arena, which, mm-hmm. which voters were not into. It failed. But I can't wait to hear from her on that. I am, she's, we're talking to her tomorrow. I really want to hear what she learned from that yeah, experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious too, but I think it just speaks to... She's kind of like somebody who's been in the city for a long time knows her and trusts her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I, it wasn't the worst. It wasn't the best. It didn't stand out to me. But I also, 
we watch politics so closely. We know Debbie. Yeah. We, are we, we know Debbie's policies. So yeah. I, I'll be curious how that hits differently for different folks who, depending on how long you've been here. Isn't this great? I, have, I love these. This is <laughs> like, like the most like TV. helpful. Yeah, well, we're just hanging out watching TV. <laughs> yeah. um, all right, number three. Uh, the only Republican in the race, Andy Rougeau, Andre Rougeau, I think is his birth name. I'm not sure why he's going by Andy. Hey, respect it. Whatever he chooses. I, I like that. Okay. I like that. Um, he's raised $797,000 and this is his ad. Deployed in Afghanistan, I laced up my army boots. As a small businessman, I wore them while growing a company. I'm Andy Rougeau, candidate for mayor. Now I'm wearing my army boots to remind me of the mission at hand to make Denver safe and secure again. As mayor, I'll enforce the camping ban, add 400 new police officers, and get the homeless off the streets and the help they need. I'm Andy Rougeau. As mayor, I'll fight for Denver's future. That's my mission. All right, Andy Rougeau. Bree, I want you to go first on Andy. Well, small business owner, as he tells himself, mm-hmm. feels like a stretch when you're the heir to like a multi-million dollar business mm-hmm. makeup father mm-hmm. of, it's a makeup empire sephora is not a just a brand it carries hundreds of brands it's the place for makeup i mean they've taken over where department stores have disappeared the makeup department that's sephora now they're everywhere so at any rate all i'm saying is small business is a stretch mm-hmm. um i also would have qualms with his raised seven hundred ninety-seven thousand dollars because we know five hundred thousand of that came from his a personal loan to himself mm-hmm. um at all least. all that to say um i don't know how connected he is to the community but what he is doing is speaking to a very specific set of voters folks that don't like uh, the fact that there's encampments and don't want to see it anymore. That's the message that I get mm-hmm. from his tough, tough, tough. Yep, yep. The tough on tough on crime interchangeably with homeless homelessness, which is a problem we've seen throughout this race. Which is these are not this mutually exclusive, but in in short commercials like this, they can be portrayed that way. Um, Andy, uh, I should say to uh, to people now, just to, to I don't know, stem the possibility of any disappointment in a couple of weeks when we don't have an interview with Andy. We are hoping to get one. We have been in touch with his campaign. I'm trying my best. I might go out and just show up at one of his events, try to talk to him. He has not been uh, receptive to our invitations. Uh, so sorry, we might not be getting all 17. But Andy, but your we camp- would love to hear from you, Andy, honestly. <laughs> your campaign has sent three mailers to my house. <laughs> you should just answer my email. Yeah, please, please. We would really love to talk to you, get to know you better. Um Elena, is there anything you want to add on on Andy Rougeau's ad? No, I think you guys nailed it. The tough, the tough element is is super prominent. I think this this ad feels when I first saw it, I thought like, am I being signed up or to like work for, for the, the army? Military. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I it's it comes across as an ad that would play a lot better like in a in a market like Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. I think as the only Republican in the race, I, I find it interesting that he's playing to such a specific base as you noted Brie instead of trying to appeal to more people this he came in super hot with this added with you know the helicopters in Afghanistan yeah big shot of a big boot um and I'm not sure you know it it was already he's already uh fighting an uphill battle as the only Republican in the race in a a deep blue city so Mm -hmm. I I thought this ad was an interesting take where you know He's he's not changing his, his tactics here. That's yep, such a great. He is who he is. It's such a great point, Alina, because you're right. This hyper specific voting block. We you know we talked to Dick Wadhams, a GOP strategist. It's 
smaller and smaller. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's not, so is he going to do, you know, we know that Colorado independent voters dominate. Is he going to, is he going to meet any of those folks where they are? I don't know. Hmm. It's a tough call. We'll see. Um, Next up is Leslie Herod, a longtime state representative for Central and Northeast Denver. Um, She has raised $878,000, almost $879. And this is her ad. Denver, these last three years were rough, but I know how we get back. Get better than ever. I've done the work. Getting solar panels on buildings across the city, holding police accountable, and ensuring seniors get the dignified care that they deserve. Have the city build the homes we need to keep rents down. That gets people off the streets and into housing. We're deciding who we are this April 4th. Don't ever let any politician knock the hope out of you. Our city is there for the remaking. Denver is ready to choose. I love the difference of music and everyone's. I was just thinking that same thing. It's mm-hmm. like such a strong upbeat. signature. I know that's definitely the first ad we've watched so far that like makes me want to dance. Uh-huh. She really is. Uh, <laughs> I know you guys have probably noticed her like partnering with Alanis Morissette. She was just like uh, at South by Southwest talking with Nick Jonas on a panel. I mean, mm-hmm. she's really trying to. And and in this ad, she's you can tell she's down in Rhino. I think there's a lot of like street art graffiti behind her. She's got people like walking on the streets with her. She's really, I think, trying to appeal. To younger voters in this mm-hmm. in this ad, I also thought it was interesting and unexpected that she led as far as you know things she's accomplished with solar panels. That wasn't something that I I immediately associate with Leslie Herod. It's definitely more the police accountability thing, which of course is mentioned. But um, you know, solar panels, police accountability, and and senior care. Interesting. It was it was interesting. Hmm. I totally agree with you. I was like, wait, what? But I mean, in terms of like the three things she chose to highlight, she's done so much. I think that's the thing. I think what she's trying to do is say, these are all of the arenas that I've worked in on a state level, and this is how I could tackle them. But it is a little bit of a confusing message to me. Um, But I agree. I think the music was great. I have to say this was my favorite ad from the perspective of the positivity um the end <laughs> i like love the ending when she's like walking into the street and there's all these people behind yes. her like yes and like that to me is like excite that would be something that would get me excited especially if i was a younger voter i think um also we talk about representation in these commercials and how folks are um shown what light they're shown in she does a great job of showing a diversity in age and um cultural diversity of the types of folks that are in denver mm-hmm. and i honestly a- appreciate that you know, I don't know. I I thought this was the best one personally. Interesting. I really I like again, the upbeatness made me excited uh to vote. The rest of what made me feel bummed. <laughs> <laughs> um I like the crowd. I think the crowd in this one is oh. the strongest element cuz that's something about Leslie that maybe is underreported that she I, th- I think Elena maybe you can correct me, but I think she has the m- most individual donors. I think she's like the top of the fair elections fund. I think she got the most. I think you're pretty sure you're correct. correct. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't have the most money, but she has the most donors, which is like, that's a pretty good metric, I think, to judge popularity on. If you're appealing to a lot of people. Well, and it's kind of this move in the last decade or so of, um, you know, philanthropy at any level. Everybody can be involved. I think about, you know, like Bernie Sanders, like anybody can donate. Five dollars is just as important, if not more, if we have 500 people donating five dollars versus that corporation that don't. You know what I mean? Like that's what that to me is what it says about Leslie's campaign. And also, I would just say as a person in the arts world, I see her out a lot. I see her with people. I see her in the community. So I think she walk. I don't know. I think she walks the walk. I think what what I see in that commercial feels like what I see in the world with mm-hmm. Leslie. Um, 
there's so much more to talk about with each of these candidates, especially now that we're getting into the big money raisers. Um, we are going to keep talking about all of these people, all of their policies, reputations, stories cropping up about them. But um, we got to keep going through the ads. We got two more. We are crossing what I am now calling the runoff line. Um, not that these are the two leading candidates, but they are the two leading fundraisers. But you know what? We got to take a quick break. So we're going to leave those two, the final candidates, above the runoff line for after this quick break. This episode is brought to you by the Colorado Wine Board. Because the wine community here is like surprisingly robust. I mean, think about Bigsby's Folly and Infinite Monkey Theorem here in Denver alone. And there are urban wineries all across the Front Range. Then there's the Western Slope, Peonia, I mean, Palisade. Hello, Palisade Wine, are you kidding me? It didn't used to really be a thing, but from what I hear, it's very much a thing now. There are more than 165 wineries across Colorado to explore, and they produce all sorts of wine that reflect our unique culture and climate. So finding a label that you're going to love is easy, no matter where your adventure takes you. Discover it for yourself and support local winemakers at coloradowine.com. That's coloradowine.com. This episode is brought to you by the Denver Botanic Gardens. It's time for the 75th annual spring plant sale at the Denver Botanic Gardens. Mark your calendars for Friday and Saturday, May 10th and 11th. Admission is free, but you must register in advance at botanicgardens.org. Registering my husband, Greg, right now for the plants I want him to pick out and plant in our yard for me. Shop from 15 different plant divisions, including annuals, houseplants, herbs and veggies, and specialties like aquatics, container garden in a bag, and plants grown right at the gardens. The garden's horticulture staff will be on site to answer any and all plant questions you may have. This sale emphasizes water smart and native plants that are perfect for our semi-arid climate. They'll be great for a beautiful landscape that doesn't require a bunch of water. For more details, registration information, and a catalog of available plants, go to botanicgardens.org. That's botanicgardens.org. And we're back. Let's talk about our final two candidates and their TV ads. Mike Johnston is next. He was a subject of a lot of attention at the Nine News debate earlier this week. If anyone was the front runner, Nine News is saying it's probably him, although I think it's no one. He's raised $1.66 million so far. Um, let's see his ad. Nobody in Denver should ever have to call this a home or this a roof or spend a Colorado winter sleeping out here. I'm Mike Johnston, and I'm running for mayor because we have a moral obligation to house everyone in Denver. That means building new housing right now with the mental health, addiction, and job training services that people need to rebuild their lives and get back on their feet. Because Denver's streets are for all of us, but they shouldn't be home for any of us. What a great line. I, the copy on this is perfection. Whoever what? wrote that knew how to write. I mean, we're talking about cohesiveness of what your message is, I, Mike nailed it here to me. He knows the biggest issue folks are talking about are homelessness as well as housing issues. Mm -hmm. And he, I think they weaved it together well. And I know as a voter, this is something he's literally going to work on the first day in office. And I got that from the commercial. Yeah, I know he cares. And the music, soft. Like, but it's also at least positive. Yeah, you soft. know what I mean? It's hopeful. 
Yeah, it's, it's hopeful. Ho- it's hopeful. It's different than Leslie's that was just like had the mo- the motion, the and movement. Empathetic, I found him. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Elena, what do you think? Yeah, I think you know it really speaks to how he's owned owned uh, being the candidate that really cares about homelessness and has real solutions that he's offering. Whether you know people agree with those solutions is another uh, another conversation. He got a lot of flack, as you mentioned, at the Nine News debate earlier this week um, mm-hmm. for the tiny homes proposal. People saying that's just you know that's not a long term solution. Um, and isn't necessarily the right approach. But I think people have associated him now with like this platform that he has really owned. And I think that's really helpful for him as a candidate trying to stand out. I think he's he's actually achieved that. Well, and it also the commercial tells you what maybe you don't know about him, which is he worked in affordable housing. Mm-hmm. So he's a candidate that has the background knowledge to understand how the dollars work, yeah. how the how the land deals work. I mean, affordable housing just doesn't come out of nowhere. It's a very complex process on how it gets funded, where it gets put. And I took from that commercial that he knows. Yeah. I, I was talking to a reporter friend about him, um, someone who covers the state house, And uh, this person made the point like, He's not really talking a lot about Prop 123. He's not taking credit for it a lot, but he was really one of the main drivers and backers of Prop 123 that got us all this new affordable housing money at the state level last year. So I don't know. I Just a, another insight from, from somebody on the inside. One other point. He, I was just going to say it's oh, fair, but I just want to say on that point, it's mm-hmm. smart that he's not bringing up the proposition only because I think it would confuse voters on what we're voting on now. It's yeah, like those of us point. that follow this religiously know when mm-hmm. that was. But the average voter is like, oh, OK, am I supposed to know about this? Is this it just it, I, I see why it's not on the 32nd yeah. commercial. I agree. Um, one other point. I was talking to my wife, Megan, about this ad last night. We watched it together and she knew something I didn't know. She pointed out, you know, he's talking about mental health support and union station on the Denverite questionnaire that was published earlier this week. He said he didn't support safe injection sites. I think that's a tough that is a tough place for uh, candidates to be, even if they believe that um, serving folks with substance use issues is a direct correlation to our housing issue. I I mean, I don't agree. I hope that that he would embrace safe injection. I think it's the future. But I I mean, think about we we did a sort of background interview with someone who works directly downtown and Mm -hmm. she talked about, well, it's a great concept. I've been to Vancouver. I've looked at those, but I don't want Denver to be the first. Interesting. Interesting. I I get I hear where Megan's coming from, but I see from a strategic point of view how it's probably not what he's going to do. Fascinating. Scares people away. Yeah. Um, We've got one more. Maybe you guess who it is. She's (laughs) the leading fundraiser. She's the former president of the Denver Metro Chamber of Commerce, the former chief of staff for then Mayor John Hickenlooper. She's raised $1.71 million. It's Kelly Bruff. One of my first jobs was at the city personnel department. An airport snowplow driver complained to me that I didn't know his job. And he was right. So I went and got a commercial driver's license and worked after hours plowing snow off the runways. It taught me about his job and mine. I'm Kelly Bruff, and as mayor, I'll always be open to learning. And I'll do the hard work to find solutions to our really tough challenges. Together, we can move forward. The visuals are important. She's driving a snowplow through all of that. (laughs) I've been calling that the snowplow ad. Who wants the first crack at the snowplow ad? The music. To, I just have to go back to the music. I just love oh, everyone's yeah. sense of music. Uh, this feels like a Home Depot ad to me. The the, <laughs> the sound. Uh, I think she's really she did it. She did a good job. Well, number one, let me back up. 
Number one, I'm impressed that she can drive a snowplow. I didn't know that yeah. uh, before watching this video. And I would be very curious to know if any other mayoral candidates can drive a snowplow like she can. Same. Um, and I think that she did a good job in this in this ad appealing to um, blue collar workers, which I think is, is her goal here. Uh, and the Home Depot music <laughs> adds to that effect. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think I love her focus on business just as far as, you know, who she is as as a career woman. Um, and I think that, you know, the fact that she emphasizes that she's always open to learning um, is something that is important to, to mention. Um, but again, I think people I just, will like that. Yeah, it does. You know, open mindedness is not a bad thing, I would say, yeah. universally speaking. So that feels like a Denver quality that no one else has really tapped. I feel like she's leaning into the Denver thing pretty hard. I know, I remember we saw her at the National Western, at the stock show, Mm -hmm. kind of leaning into that part Mm -hmm. of her story. Western wear. Mm -hmm. Um, The music is Home Depot-ish, like the let's do this kind of thing, but I think it works. I think it's also, uh, again, it's positive sounding. There's movement there. Um, My issue with the commercial is I don't know what she's about. I didn't, mm. it, it feels very vague, like I'll think of solutions or I'll come up, like what What are you gonna, what are you gonna tackle? Mm-hmm. Like it's great, I think it's awesome that you understand maybe how the city works from the inside when we talk about things like infrastructure and the basics of like uh, municipal they, trash and I yeah, don't know, snow plows. Basics. That's great, but I just don't get, I don't know what Kelly's about hmm. from this commercial, for, uh, from a, what she's gonna do. That is an interesting take. That is an interesting. I don't think you're wrong about that. Um, on the other hand, I, after watching all these, I think I'm ready to predict that Kelly's going to make the runoff. I think that this ad is phenomenal. This is vintage Hick and Luke. Oh, for sure. This that is was bread the and thing. butter. She learned from her old boss. The music. She knows the tricks. Be relatable. Be a regular person. You be know? relatable, be a regular person, but also like do something a little bit out of the ordinary, a little bit mm-hmm. unexpected. A little quirky, a little be, weird. Yeah. It's not funny. It's no, not going to make you not, laugh. It's but not it's like, like his, his meter, oh. his paying the meters. Yeah. Which is something disappointing about all these ads. None of them were funny. But I think Kelly has really got the right idea here. My prediction, she's in the runoff. I would Heard see, it here first. From, mm-hmm. I would see from the commercial standpoint that I think Leslie's going to be there. Mm-hmm. That okay. she appeals most to more, the most voters, to me. Uh, Elena, any final thoughts on the whole the whole batch? That's all of them. This was really fun. <laughs> I <laughs> Heck yeah. Could, yeah. I wish we could do it again. It was good. Well, if any of the other candidates put out ads, maybe we'll oh have you God. back to weigh in. Um, there's Please Lisa do. Calderon. She's a big fundraiser. No TV ads from I, what I could find. And she was, yeah, she was one of the top vote getters in that nine news poll of who they who folks wanted to yep. see i would love to see a commercial from lisa i'd love to see a commercial from terrence i'd love to see a commercial from ian i'd love to see a commercial from jim walsh all of them yeah would, every single one something that shows shows us a little bit more about who you are i would think i would guess i could be wrong but as we get closer to actual election day on april 4th you'll see because again they're so expensive mm-hmm. to to put out there that we'll see some of those um you know candidates with lower fundraising um just doing that last exact last push final push when it really matters and people are actually paying attention well we can only hope yeah. um elena <laughs> we'll check in with you when that happens when a new ad drops Please do. <laughs> uh that's our our supersized segment for the week but we got one more thing it's friday you know how the show ends ladies and gentlemen the weekend 
What's up, weather fam? Rain or shine, I'm Andy Stein here with your CityCast Denver weather. Hey, after a pretty roller coaster of a week, we went from the 50s to the 60s to near 70, and then to snow on Thursday, we're going to be rewarded pretty nicely as we head into the weekend with sunny conditions. Temperatures are going to be held a little bit below normal, though. We are talking about highs on Saturday in the low to mid 40s, highs on Sunday in the low to mid 50s. It should be a beautiful weekend with lots of sunshine, not even talking about too much wind. But, you know, as always, it is March in Colorado where you have to look out a little bit further. And we are looking towards the middle of next week for a potential storm to move through the front range in the I-25 corridor. Details to be worked out on that. Uh, But it's basically going to be guaranteeing some mountain snow, which is great because because they've had a pretty good snowpack year this year. Hey, catch y'all on socials. Just search for Rain or Shine. I'm Andy Stein, and enjoy your weekend. It's going to be a gorgeous one. And we're back. It's time for the official CityCast Denver, maybe for your weekend, as in maybe you'll see us there. Because as usual, there are so many cool things happening in Denver this weekend, and we have opinions. Adrian Gonzalez rounds up his best bets in our newsletter, Hey Denver, every week, and he's here to give us his top picks. Adrian, welcome to the show. Hey, happy St. Patty's. Hey. Yeah, how about Ooh. that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. I didn't think about that. I totally forgot. It's confusing because Denver holds their parade one mm-hmm. week ahead, so it messes yeah, with your mind. you're right, because we talked yeah. about it last week. Okay, well, it Yeah, today's still? the day to go and get plaster drunk downtown and make a fool of yourself. But that's not what we're doing this weekend. Um, first, <laughs> first event I've got for you, the bugs are ready. Oh, hell Lord. yes. I know. Go on, go. go on. Go on. Oh, man. This this is a fun one. Uh, Chef Jose Avila at La Diabla is hosting the first ever Buck Festival, um, apologies to my Puerto Rican friends, it's called Festival de Bichos, which in Puerto Rican Spanish means something completely different. <laughs> um, but that one started, it kicked off yesterday. It goes through, they changed the dates a little bit a couple times, but I believe it goes for a good week or so. So essentially what it is, is there are over 500 different bugs in Mexico that are edible. And Jose Avila in La Diabla is bringing them out for you to try them out for a week and a half. So you can have tacos with uh, ants in it you can have tostadas with um well you get the point yeah bugs on food how what do we think? i think this is so cool i do too you, okay elena what you're a food person i know you recommend food stuff in axios denver a lot what do you think number one if you've never had a good cricket taco they're awesome i can't look at yes. them directly when i eat it but mm-hmm. the taste is amazing um two it's really sustainable eating bugs is really sustainable mm-hmm. so i love i've been actually looking to find more restaurants that do this it's been hard it's really only like mexican restaurants that that do the crickets and things like that mm-hmm. um i love this i think it's really fun and i hope we see it again next year hmm Brie? No. No. <laughs> no. No. Nope. No. Paul, as you know, I've recently had to go mostly vegetarian in my life. I am mm-hmm. not. I mean, I have adjusted to tofu. I will not. But <laughs> I mean, Adrian, like the top, the headline in the Denver Post, scorpion tamales. Okay. Larvae tacos. Uh-huh. Gross. Yeah. Worm tostadas. Yeah. Why? Yeah. <laughs> You're ruining perfectly good food. I know I want a tamale that's yeah. work. No, I get it. It's yeah. I, I think it's something you had to have, have grown up with the taste or if you're really adventurous and want to try some things. But this is something that, uh, like Elena mentioned, is just sustainable and something that in Mexico has been done traditionally for, for millennia uh, because it is sustainable. Yes. Um, and, and this is where my yeah. lack of uh, adventure is 
showing very much, but I am not an adventurous person. I, so. Even I, I, I grew up eating like chapulinas, the grasshoppers. And uh, when I was a kid, we go to the center of the city in Juarez and you get a little bag of them. It's got lime and chile. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's delicious. But the larva, <laughs> nice. I, yeah. I did try the, the chapulinas, the taco, I think about a month ago here. Delicious. From You're right. Jose you can't make Avila? eye contact. Yes. Okay, cool. Yeah, they, I think they started to roll out some of them and they were kind of giving it a trial. The worms, I don't know if I could do it, scorpion. It's, I'm going to try it. The bugs, it's challenging my sort of vegetarian, the space that I'm in with meat. Like, what <laughs> yes, do I do with that? It's so Where's sustainable, that but like, I don't know. <laughs> Elena, Paul has been eating pork. <laughs> Listen, I'm not trying to call this. you out. Listen, I'm just saying if this. you're eating pork, I think you could eat a cricket. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that someday. Um, but I, I got to say, I, I went to uh, Linger, the old the restaurant at the old mortuary. Mm -hmm. They used to do this. They had chapelinas. I went there with some anthropologists for a podcast a few years ago. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's yes. quite a perspective. Because it's just what they said is um, there was a person who did a whole project on this, like why are why are bugs icky, um, and it's this combination of the bugs. <laughs> yeah, well, learned experience like us growing up here in Denver, where I came from, Ohio. Everyone always would say, you know, eating bugs gross, but. Um, and then it's also like history and colonialism, like when white people came to America and decided what's you know what's good and like took over. It's true. It's and so it's just history, history and. I have a real. It's it's power. so interesting. Um, I can't wait to try it. What else we got though, Adrian? We got we got more events. Yes, we got more. Um, the second one is if you guys are fans of alpacas, this is the the show for you. We have the 2023 Matsuri AOA National Alpaca Show. There are 600 alpacas showing up to the National Western Stock Show. Or not stock show. 600. I miss the stock wow. show. Excuse me. There are 600 alpacas showing up to the National Western Complex, and they will all be judged on something called confirmation, which I assume is listening to commands and fleece qualities. Like their their fur fur, cute. That sounds super fun. <laughs> There's also alpaca yoga there, and an alpaca uh, like okay. selfie booth or whatever. I mean, I mean, I'm going a, for the selfie booth. Right. That does sound fun. Can you 600. have alpacas in the city? I don't can you know. like? Is it like an adoption thing where you can? I that would be a good question. I think by a municipality alpaca? it may. <laughs> but anyway, that one is happening uh, today through Sunday. Okay. Fascinating. Fascinating. What else right, we got, alpacas. Adrian? I, the next one I included because my partner was in New Orleans this weekend and I didn't get to go, uh, but it is a crawfish blues and brews. So you get to reserve a table at this place. Um, let me check. This is at Rockabilly's in Arvada. Okay. Uh, an organization called the Bio Boys, which puts together Creole kind of uh, food events Ooh. and live music is uh, you can get three pounds worth of crawfish with potatoes, corn, oh, sausage. Yeah. And then wow. you can reserve a table. You can order more. Some people would argue crawfish are bugs of the sea. I was just about to say. Sea. Exactly. It's they a learned behavior. Like, I guess those are yeah. bugs I will eat because this sounds <laughs> great. <laughs> Um, there you go, Elena. How about you? I'm still, I'm still, I'm going bugs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, crawfish okay. are great, but yes. I've, I've been there, done it. I, we're gonna have to convince Bree at the end. We'll, <laughs> right. I'll be, okay, I'm planning for that. What so Elena's, do, Elena's doing land bugs. You're doing sea bugs. Yep. Okay. All right. The last event I've got is called Ballots and Brunch. Huh. This oh. is fun. We were just talking about yeah. the, the election coming up. There's a lot of information flying around. There's 400 thousand uh, people <laughs> the ads are fantastic uh -huh. but upper larimer the events uh the event space in rhino is hosting a free brunch so if you show up with your ballot or your i voted sticker you get in for free they'll provide food and drinks and then you can chat wow. with neighbors and friends about what the issues that matter to you and 
and how to I vote. I love this idea. I just have to say, I feel like people are so overwhelmed that it's really helpful to be able to just talk to other people. Like, what are you yeah. thinking? Do you understand this initiative better than I do? How should, you know, I mean, I know we're going to be talking a lot about the um, initiative 20, about the ballot measure. the Park Hill one. The Park Hill one. There's mm-hmm. also these two uh, around zoning, which could be- Very complicated. Complicated, but also huge for our city. So I- Man, I don't know. I love this one. Free brunch too. That's pretty. That sweet. is a great like promotion. That's like it's a donation really to civic engagement in the yeah. city from that I organization. That. That's cool. Respect cool and move. That is that. a super smart move. We were thinking doing of doing something like that at Axios Denver before the ballots hit. Mm. Just like have you know invite people over to fill out their ballot, like have some beers with us so we can just answer mm. questions. I think. I mean, again, us talking about low turnout, how low it's been, and how low it is right now. I love. I love this idea. Props to them. Mm. Personally, I am going to wait to fill out my ballot because I think this race is not over yet. Well, I think there is do. more information coming out about these people. I'm not ready to make a decision. And we have Councilwoman Amanda Sandoval slated to come chat with us about those uh, ballot issues yes. mm-hmm. around zoning. And we know her. She's a zoning freak. She loves zoning. <laughs> so I am with you, Paul. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to hear from our source directly. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that might be a little too early. But for folks that are ready, I know a lot of people, too, get their ballot and just want to get it over with. Perfect thing to do it. Perfect place to do it. Um, but I have a feeling that is not what Elena and Paul. Well, let me let me make let me make a pitch for La Diablo's Bug Festival for you, Brie. They have other things on the menu. I know we had their tacos and respect to Chef. I didn't like them. I know. I think you have to go and get Elena's them there. I know. Adrian and I, I, feel the I, same I know. Way. Adrian and I talked about this though. The transport issue yes. with tacos is tough. You got to yeah. do it in the moment. There's a reason and it's street it. food. Like, you exactly. can't transport street food. Which, I think uh, I need to go it. there on one of the nights when they have yes. the outdoor situation and try it. So no disrespect, yes. but yeah, maybe this weekend you could. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly okay. Fine, I'll go there with you, but I will not eat a. Book. All right. Okay. Well, we'll buy you a margarita. I don't drink. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. We'll buy you a virgin margarita sure. to wash it down. I do like a sweet, a good <laughs> sweet. Go. If they have a good sweet and sour yes. mix, I'm into it. Okay. I'm into it. All right, well. you guys win. I'll just let you have this one. Because nice. Good work, Paul. Is, good our work. guest is into it. I'll. I respect it. Okay. Go ahead. It's very nice of you. It is very to, nice uh, to say free. that here. Um, and in again, a few minutes, we are. We'll talk again. I'm sure. We're fans of La Diabla. I don't want my taste in tacos to affect yeah. our <laughs> championing of this cool place oh it's so cool it's so cool and there you have it the official city cast denver maybe for your weekend uh, but there's way more where that came from adrian's got plenty more recommendations in our newsletter hey denver which you can subscribe to right now by texting denver to 66866 um adrian brie elena of axios denver another great newsletter thanks so much for joining me today thanks so much it's so much fun thanks you guys yeah thank you happy bug eating that's all for the week here on CityCast Denver. Our producers this week were me, Paul Caroli, Aaron O'Toole, and J.D. Lopez. Adrian Gonzalez writes our morning newsletter, Hey Denver. Bree Davies is our host. Our music is by Los Mochachetes, with additional mixing by Tyler Lindgren. If you haven't already, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at CityCast Denver, and tell... Oh, and tell Tony Lopez we said hi. We met your your aunt today. She's very cool. She said you might be listening. Hi, Tony. Sign up for our daily newsletter, Hey Denver, by texting Denver to 66866 and learn more about us at denver.citycast.fm. See you next week. Here we go. 
this isn't his ad. <laughs> <laughs> this is the ad before the this ad. This is a trash can. 